I got a question for you this morning. Are you wise or are you a fool? Are you wise or are you a fool? Now, if I had a show of hands here and I asked you that question, probably 99% of the hands would, I'm wise. But that's just not so. And the fools don't want to admit it. I'll go into there more now that I've insulted you. Take your Bible. Take your Bible to Jeremiah chapter 38. I'll read a few verses there in the front. This is a tough time of history. It's a really tough time of history for the children of Israel. The books of uh, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel are tough books. You people that are reading your Bibles for every year, they're tough books. You know what I'm talking about. By the way, thank God for all those who signed up to read their Bible last year. Many of them are finishing or almost finishing. you still got a couple weeks. You can do it. It's a beautiful thing. You mature yourself. I'm getting Christmas cards from people out of state that have moved out of state. For one reason or another, they came to gospel for a few years, and then they moved out of state. And one of them was the Holcombs. If you're watching, by the way, God bless you, the Holcombs. And she started a, a pet ministry. Remember that? Pet ministry, what a unique idea. She would take a dog or her dog to a nursing home where the Alzheimer's folks were, and, and, and her dog was friendly, certified friendly by... Dr. Gillespie, that was a risk you took, I'll tell you. But uh, take the dog over there and let the people pet the dogs, and then they'd try to give them the gospel. Try to give them the gospel. And so it was, uh, I forgot what the pets stood for, people evangelizing something else. But anyways, you remember it? No, you remember it. Photographic memory. Well, anyway, uh, I should ask Jayla, where's she at? But uh, and. Uh, but she wrote me a Christmas card and said, Preacher, of all the things that you ever did for me, she said there was one thing that stands out above everything else. She said, you convinced me to read my Bible every year. That changes your life. My wife on the way to church this morning said, you know, with people reading their Bible through every year, they're self-growing. Self-growing. You say, you need a preacher to grow. Well, it helps. You need a church to grow. I think so. But you won't grow where you need to grow if you don't read the Bible. I mean, it's the instruction book. Anyway, enough, enough said. So in this time of Jeremiah in chapter 38, all hope pretty much has been lost. For about 20 years, Jeremiah had been telling them, the Babylonians are going to come in, Chaldeans it's called in the Bible, going to come in, and they're going to, they're going to take you over, and they're going to destroy and burn a city and the temple. Now surely they thought God will not allow his temple to be ravaged. He'll not allow the, the temple named after himself to be destroyed. But brother, if God's people turn away from his name and make a mockery of it, he'll let every building after his name be destroyed. He owns everything. He owns the hills and the cattle and everything on them. I mean, it's just a building. And the temple was just a, a temple without, without the true worship of Jehovah. And so he kept warning them through Jeremiah. Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet. What a, what a, I'll tell you, Jeremiah had a tough road to hoe. He was told to tell them something they wouldn't listen to. 
And that'd be tough, wouldn't it? Preach week after week after week, you know, to, to a group of people that God said they're not going to listen to you. They're not going to do what you say. They're going to turn away from it. They're going to stiffen their neck, harden their face toward you. They're not going to do it. It'd be tough. Jeremiah, no wonder, no wonder he wept. Plus, they tried to kill him. They imprisoned him like 19 times, different times, and made attempts on his life. And here's why. Here's what he said in, in chapter 38, verse 2. Thus saith the Lord, He that remaineth in the city shall die by the sword, by famine, and by pestilence, COVID. But he that goeth forth to the Chaldeans and shall live, for he shall have his life for a prey, and shall live. In other words, if you surrender to the enemy, I'll let you live. Thus saith the Lord, This city shall surely be given into the hand of the king of Babylon's army, which shall take it. Therefore the princess said unto the king, all the people in the city there, they, you know, we beseech thee, let this man be put to death. That's Jeremiah. For thus, uh, for thus he weakeneth the hands of the men of war that remain in this city, the hands of all the people, in speaking such words unto them. For this man seeketh not the welfare of the people, but the hurt. I want to talk to you about receiving wisdom. Are you wise? Everybody, I believe, would like to think of themselves as wise. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15 says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. Even a fool believes he's wise. He says in Proverbs 26, 16, The sluggard is wiser in his own conceit than seven men that can render an a, a, a reason, an answer. So if you had a show of hands in any group of people and said, how many of you were wise, probably 100% or 99% of the folks would raise their hand and say, I'm wise. Even though a mixed among that group may be some people that are not wise. But if you're not wise, you'll in your egotism and your pride, you're going to think you are wise. Every man's right in his own eyes. Proverbs 14, Proverbs 16, both chapters repeat the verse. So how do we get out of this? This is a catch-22, isn't it? If I'm wise in my own eyes, I'm never going to be able to receive instruction outside of what I think is right. So if somebody comes to me with some instruction that I don't think is right, I'm going to reject it. Does it you, may, you follow that? So Jeremiah comes to the Zedekiah, the last king, and basically he says, look, you got to surrender to the Chaldeans because if you don't surrender to the Chaldeans, you're going to die and all your, or you're, you're going to be messed up and all your kids and family and they're going to burn the temple and they're going to, do it. They're going to tear the city down they're going to, horribly. Do what I tell you. Give it, give it over to the Chaldeans. And of course, that wasn't according to what they felt was right. The men of the city said, kill him. Kill him. Oftentimes, prophets of God have come with a message contrary to what people want to believe. And they've usually used the same methodology. The things of God and the Bible are much different than the commonly held beliefs of this world. The world thinks that to get ahead, you have to look out for yourself. You know that to be true. They tell you, look out for yourself, scratch your way to the top, step on people all the way up. But what does the Bible teach? The Bible says the way to get ahead is to look out for others' welfare. Philippians 2.4 says, look not every man in his own things, but every... Man also on the things of others. We're supposed to be people that care about the people around us. 
in many ways more than we care for ourselves. I've had a philosophy as a pastor of this church that I want this church to look better than my house looks. I want the lawn and the outside of this church to look better than my place looks, and that wouldn't, that wouldn't take much. But I mean, I, I, I want God's things to do better than my things, and I want to help the people around me. I want to be known for somebody that you come to if you need help. I want my mind on the things there, but that's not the way of the world. No, that's not. Another example is the world thinks to get right with God, you have to do good works, and that'll balance off the bad works. That's, that's, in my surveying through all these years door-to-door, that's about 95% of the people I stop by, they'll, I'll say, do you believe you die, you go to heaven? They'll say yes, and I'll say, why would you believe you'd go there? And they say, well, I've tried to be a good person, I've tried to keep the Ten Commandments, and hopefully when I go to heaven, my good work's going to outweigh my bad works. And they do this, 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 you know found in the balances. But they're going to be found in the balance. But the trouble is we're not going to be compared with, I'm not going to be compared with what Nick did in his life, or I'm not going to be compared on what Jeff Larson did in his life, and I'm not going to be compared on what Ernie Leonard did in his life. I'm going to be compared on the Lord Jesus Christ, on what who God is. And man, when you compare me to God, and I look real bad. Well, the world thinks you get saved somehow by doing good works. They don't even know what the definition of good is. They'll help a, they'll help a, a lady across the street or they'll give a little bit to the telethon or they'll drop a couple bucks in a church offering and think that they've done their duty to God. Oh, my goodness, they're wrong. Because the Bible says that we cannot be saved by good works well, the salvation is a gift from God to be accepted through faith and faith only. Romans 4, 5 says, But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Abraham, way back in 2166 B.C., believed God and was counted unto him for righteousness. And, you're not, and Moses came along with the law, but Moses did not supersede salvation by faith because Moses had to believe by faith and everybody that went through the law had to believe by faith. Or nobody's kept the law. If the Bible says, in, and I believe it's uh, James 2.10, he who offends the law in one point is guilty of it all. How many times you got to steal to be a, a family of thieves? How many times you got to lust to be an adulterer? How many times, you know what I'm saying? Steal, you know there was a sign on construction jobs locally. It says, steal a nail, go to jail. What are they saying? No tolerance. We're saying if you come to this work site and you take a two-by-four off of this work site, you're a thief, and if we catch you, we're going to prosecute you. Do not go to work sites and collect lumber. I know, I've, known, I've known old boys have a garage full of shortcut two-by-fours. I said, where'd you get them? Job sites. Oh. Look at it. They say, well, they don't need them. Well, if they give them to you, then they're yours, and it's perfectly fine. But if you go take them when nobody's there, it's, that's stealing. And at work, if you take paper home, or if you take paper clips home, or if you take pencils home, or if you take pens home, that you do not have explicit permission from the people who have the power to give you permission, you are a thief. If you're wise, you'll understand that. 
but a fool will reject it. The world thinks that being rich is the greatest goal that, one, that a person can, contain, can attain in this life. Riches is the ultimate. But the Bible warns against seeking riches and blesses the poor as those that inherit salvation. That's what I read. Do you read it? you read it? James 2.5, Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith? And heirs of the kingdom of, of the kingdom which he hath promised to them that love him. That's what I read. Doesn't the Bible say in James 5:1, Go to now, you rich men, weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you? That's the way I read it. Uh, what about Proverbs 23, 4, where it says, Labor not to be rich, cease from thine own wisdom. The ultimate goal of life is not to attain a bunch of paper in a bank or a bunch of stock or a bunch of things. It is to please God. Now, if God lets you do that after your goal is to please him, it's okay. Being rich is not a sin. It's when riches replace God. Listen, I'm not, I am not placing my security on that I have so much money or that I have a property or that I or that I this or that I that. I'm placing my security in one thing and one thing only, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ, brother. Rich people sometimes it's hard for a rich man to be saved, the Bible says. It's hard for them to be saved. Just go through a eye of a needle, which is almost which is impossible. Camel will go through an eye of a needle. But rich people do get saved. I've seen them get saved. And I've seen them right with God. That's a big one. They can get right with God. They can live for God, but they got, to, they, got, they got to be wise. All these things are opposite of the world, and there are so many more. But listen to this statement. A wise person recognizes that often truth about himself or his ideas of things will contradict, shake up, or insult him but if he is to get better, he must be willing to take the hurt of the truth and change, knowing it's the only way to improve. The title of this message is, Can You Overcome the Pain of Truth? Boy, as a preacher now, you get up in front of people and start doing something, you start coming up under some pain of truth. When I first started preaching. Uh, like Brother Barrows or Brother Thomas, when I first started preaching, I made every kind of error you can make. I mean, I said, I said words wrong. I had English wrong. Uh, and, uh, how many ever heard anybody speaking? I'll go, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh. When I prayed, I said, Lord, 25, 30 times. He knows who he is. When you pray to God, you only keep repeating his name. It'd be like me saying, be like me going to the veterinarian saying, Tom, I'd like my uh, uh, dog, Tom, uh, giving a shot, Tom, and if you would do it for free, Tom, I'd appreciate it, Tom, because I'm a member of God's Baptist Church, Tom, and you give everybody at God's Baptist Church, Tom, phenomenal discounts, right, Tom? That's, what, that's the way people pray sometimes. Lord, I thank you for this. Lord, uh, Lord, if you catch yourself doing that, smack yourself. Listen. <laughs> I'm not in the, I did it. And then, oh, you don't know, I pouted a couple days after they told me I was doing that. I pouted. I thought, man, I'm just trying to pray. I ought to be glad I pray at all. 
All they're listening to is the mistakes I'm making. Well, at least they're listening. Whew. I'd go to my wife. I'd say, now, if you hear me do that, you got to correct me. Boy, that's a, that's a, that was a mistake. I mean, that was a good thing. Truth hurts, man. Truth hurts. Truth hurts. Preacher, you did this, or preacher, you did that, or preacher, I don't like this, or preacher, I don't like that. And, you know, it's just part of the, it's part of the job. It's part of who, where your God's called you to be. And I thank God for people that have looked out for me and cared about me enough to tell me I'm wrong. It's a sin to lie. The message today may be one of my most important messages I preach all year long. This is not a razzle-dazzle message, but I can tell you this message, the truth of it, may be the biggest thing ever come across your plate. And if you don't get it, you're not going to get better. and You're not going to get where you want to be with God. This message can make all the difference between whether you're a fool or whether you're wise. And it's not whether people think you're a fool. It's what God, what does God think of you? Fools, let's, let's look at some things the Bible says about fools and wise people. Fools simply do not listen to instruction, but wise people do. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 1.7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Why aren't fools, why don't fools like to come to church? They don't like to be told they're, they're wrong. They'll, they'll come in and say, wait a minute, they told, they insulted my character. Who does he think he is? They told me I was wrong. Well, man, if you don't think you're wrong, where are you coming from? What kind of ego you got? Proverbs 12, 1 says, I didn't say it, God said it. A fool's stupid. I didn't say it. Proverbs 12, 1, whoso loveth instruction, loveth knowledge, but he that hateth reproof is brutish. Look the word up. It means to be stupid. What, what about a wise man? Proverbs 9, 9 says, give instruction to a wise man, he will get wiser. So when you talk to somebody that's wise and you try to correct him a little bit, my wife and I are continually, look, I'm saying criticizing each other is what I wanted to say, but constructively criticizing. I had to tell her something this morning that I didn't want to tell her. She don't like to hear it when I do tell her, but I had to tell her. You women want to know what it is? I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> I had to tell her. And then later on, she came back to me and said, thank you for telling me that. But it was kind of tongue-in-cheek, like, thank you for telling me, but I wish you wouldn't have to tell me. Well, I wish I wouldn't have to tell you too. You know, when you're eating with a group of people and you get a little piece of that mustard up on the top of your lip, it bugs me to death. And I just want to know, would somebody else at the table tell them you got some mustard on your lip? Nobody says a word. I got to be the guy. I go like this. And they go, hey, I know. I got mustard on. You got mustard on your lip. Oh, okay, thank you. Or they eat eggs. and Or the women, women put lipstick on and half of us on their front teeth. And they'll smile at me. I go, I only correct you if I love you. I only correct you if I love you. So if I don't correct you and I let you go down the road with that lipstick on your teeth, I would really probably don't love you that much. You know, I probably should. 
Let me ask you a question. How do you feel when people correct you? Are you and I that much different? Nobody likes it. I don't like it. You don't like it. Nobody likes it. It's not natural to like it. If you like it, you're almost a masochist. You like pain? Because that's the way it is. But the Bible says you got to have it. You correct a wise man, he just gets wiser. Teach a just man, and he'll increase in learning. He'll get better. I think of where Proverbs talks about people. There's a lot of warning in Proverbs 5, 6, 7, and 8 about immorality and what the Bible calls the strange woman or the whorish woman. You know, she seeks precious life. She goes out there and hunts for, for uh, you know, people to corrupt them. And, and, and by the way, men hunt for women too. It's both directions. But in this particular section of the Bible, uh, Proverbs 5, 6, 7, and 8, you want to read it over. You young men want to read that thing over and over and over again. And really women too. It's The Bible's for everybody. But it says to those who don't heed that warning, and they go into the strange woman, it says, And thou shalt mourn at the last when thy flesh and thy body are consumed. I've been to the bedside of a few AIDS patients that are dying that didn't obey the Bible. And they were skin and bones. You could see every bone in their body except for their, their face looked perfect, but the rest of their body looked like skin and bones. It looked like a skeleton with, with paper over it. And I, and I said to him, what happened? He said, I, I didn't pay attention to what God said. Both of them were 34, 35-year-old men. And they died a horrible death. I believe they got saved at the end. I do believe they did. And the blood of Christ washes us from all sin. I can believe it's so. But what a horrible way to go. They didn't believe. They, didn't, they weren't instructed by God. They weren't instructed by his word. And, and it, says, it says there, you'll mourn at the last when your flesh and body are consumed. And that's the thought that immediately came to me. AIDS. And other, other STDs. And say, listen to what they say. How have I hated instruction and my heart despised reproof and have not obeyed the voice of my teachers? That could be your mom and dad. It can be your Christian teachers. It could be your pastor. It could be your Sunday school teacher. Anybody that would help you out of the word of God. Nor incline mine ear unto them that instructed me. It could be grandma and grandpa could be somebody else that was trying to help you and trying to instruct you, and you just bow up, and your pride bows up, and I'm going to tell you on the authority of the Bible, you're a fool. If you won't receive instruction, and all that waits for you is the pain of the mistake as it comes to fruition. Proverbs 5.22 says, His own iniquity shall take the wicked himself. He shall die without instruction. In the greatness of folly, he shall go astray. That's what the Bible says. Proverbs 15, 32 says, He that refuses instruction despiseth his own soul. But he that heareth reproof getteth understanding. Proverbs 13, 18 says, Poverty and shame shall be to him that refuseth instruction. But he that regards reproof shall be honored. Think about that. Isn't that just opposite of what you think? When somebody reproves you, you think they're dishonoring you. But if you respond to the reproof, if it's biblical and the right reproof, right, then if you respond to the reproof, the Bible says you'll get honored. The opposite thing you think will happen because your pride's telling you, oh, he don't mean good for me. 
But he does. If they're, by, if they're instructing you out of the word of God. Man, oh man. Proverbs 13, 14 talks about the wise. It says, the law of the wise is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. This book is a roadmap to avoid the horror of this life. This is not a place, by the way, I want to say this. This earth is not a place of life. It is a place of death. Look what's going on, look what's going on around you. It is a place of death, sickness, handicaps, deficiencies. It's a place of death. The place of life is heaven. If you want life and you want real beauty, and there's a shade of all of that in, in this world, there's a shade of it, a little sprinkling of it. But if you really love beauty and life, then you're going to want to be with God, Lord Jesus Christ, and get forgiveness and get that, get that wall between you two taken away through Christ. Trust Him as your Savior. Wow. The law of the wise is a fountain of life. Proverbs 12, 18 says that there is he that there is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. I've had some hard things said to me through life. I've had people that were wiser than me and my, my instructors come to me and tell me hard things that I needed to hear. But I'm going to tell you, it never was pleasant. I didn't go away and say, boy, oh boy, I have a great day today. They've corrected me. I just love correction. But I do realize that I need correction to be what God wants me to be and to be what the Bible wants me to be, I need it. I've been corrected by deacons. I've been corrected by trustees. I've been corrected by church members. I've been even corrected by my wife. Well, that don't go over too well, though. But my, I really, I trust her. And I appreciate her. And she corrects me in some ways. And she'll say, now, Bill, I know it's coming. Let me ask you a question. Which are you? Are you wise or a fool? Do you get angry and spiteful in your heart when someone corrects you? Honestly, honestly, examine yourself. How do you react when someone corrects you? You young people, man, you young people. That means anybody under 50. And especially under 30. You're in the time of correction. This is the time when you're telling people, I know this and I know that and I know this and I know that. This is the time to shut your mouth and learn. I'm not trying to be mean. I had a young guy come to me one time and say, I wanted to call an electrician and have a, I want to call an electrician and have a stove wired in. A stove wired in. That's a 220, 2110 legs down the wall and wired. He says, well, he was 20 years old. He says, I, I can do that. I said, what? He said, oh, I can do that. I said, do you know how to do it? And he says, well, I can learn. I said, have you ever done it before? And he said, no, I haven't, but I'll figure it out. I go, I wouldn't hire you in a million dollars. I hired two experienced electricians. It took them eight hours. To, it was a hard home. They had to do a home run from the box, all the way to the box. And, and it was a hard job. When it got done, I said, those two boys that do that every day took all day to do that. And you told me you do that in less than a day. You're a fool. 
the fool. Do you almost automatically throw out all advice you hear? Do you think you know more than those older than you? Do you understand? You know, a lot of times it's, 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 our, it's bent with our person. Is that sometimes these older women raise four, five, six kids. Uh, uh, you, young, you young girls act like they don't know anything. Man, they know more than you. They know more than you dream they know. They can help you. Get with them. Ask them how they did it. Have these people been married 50 years? Ask them how they got married 50 years. Ask them how they stayed 50, married 50 years. And ask them questions. Go to them. They'll help you. These old timers, I love hanging around these old boys. They know stuff. They can help you. Do you understand that truth hurts and that hurt is good? It's the way of life. We have a doctor in here, a cardiologist, and uh, any doctor. We have a veterinarian and uh, some other, other people. That, and anytime I've ever gone to the doctor and I have a procedure that they want to do on me, I say, is this going to hurt? The dentist. Is this going to hurt? And I say, oh, it'll be uncomfortable. And, you know, they, then they do it, and about, you know, you think the end of the world's happening, and we got done. I said, you think that's uncomfortable? That was some of the worst pain I ever had. Uncomfortable. Wow. But I know that I got to do it to live. And I've had to do a lot of uncomfortable things, trust me. I, the last one was just getting his ear removed. You can't, you can't know how hard it was for me to go in there and have that done. Now I'm maimed. Every time I take a picture now, I got a good side. Bad side. And you know what? It's probably not over. Probably not over. So Jeremiah, he told them. Zedekiah called Jeremiah in. Many of you know the story. He called Jeremiah in for a private meeting. He says, tell me the word of the Lord. And he says, okay. I'm telling you the word of the Lord. If you won't kill me, I'll tell you. If you won't kill me, I'll tell you. Okay. Uh, the Chaldeans are going to come in. They're going to take the city and they're going to rat, you know. But if you'll surrender, they won't burn the city. They won't ravage the city like they were going to. If you will surrender as a king and, and go in, they won't kill you. And he asked for the word of the Lord in a private meeting. Jeremiah gave it to him. He didn't do it. He didn't do it. He took a bunch of his armed men, and they took off and ran. They caught Zedekiah. They caught him. They put him to death. They didn't put Zedekiah to death. They put his family to death in front of him. In front of him. And then they blinded him. All I can tell you is the last thing he ever remembered seeing was his children and his wife and his family murdered. The king of Babylon did that. And if I may say, God allowed it. Because Zedekiah was a fool. And would not listen to instructions. And if you or I do not listen to instructions, the consequences are grievous and harsh and can be harsh. If we shrug off, sometimes God comes by and you shrug it off as just man's opinion. 
or maybe that's not what the majority believe, or my mother never told me, never taught me this. I've heard that. My mother never taught me this. It's the word of God. Or that the preacher insulted me and consequently I'm not going to have anything to do with him. You may miss some instruction to help you in the way of life. Can you overcome the pain of truth? I hope you can. Father, help us this morning. May the Holy Spirit be lifted up and move among us. Lord God, we're dependent upon thee and the word. It's true, life life to the soul, time-tested. Father, we pray that there be one in this room without Christ as their personal Savior, that they may come to know you, whom to know is life everlasting. May have all their sins forgiven. There may be some in this room that by their own recognition or right in their own eyes have turned away biblical counseling. Preacher's up here getting worn out, wearing himself out telling you to read your Bible, but you haven't read it. You resist instruction. The preacher didn't tell you you'd like to read it. He didn't say it'd be easy to read. He didn't say there wouldn't be obstacles in reading it. But he's telling you, if you read the Bible, you'll benefit. Are you right or is he right? Somebody's right. Who are you? Go to God and ask him to reveal it to you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.